just want to make you into a KFC commercial. Try our boneless chicken poppers. Don't try the chicken wings. They're garbage. They're garbage. Yum. Who goes to KFC for chicken wings? Uh, I, listen, I didn't go to KFC for chicken wings, but I noticed that they had them. It's just They just bread wings with their breading and fry them. And they're tiny wings and they're mostly bread and all of the bones are broken. Yeah. It's like Google wants to know my location. Fuck you. Fuck you, Google. I, I don't know you. <laughs> we went two different directions, but still kind of the same direction. <laughs> It's Tuesday, January the 20th, 2021, and this is the 4th and Wrong Podcast. I'm your host, RJ, and joining me as always is Keith. Say hi, Keith. Hi, Keith. You didn't fuck it up. Good nah. Did it twice. Okay, did it twice. So nice I did it twice. So nice. It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Don't ask anybody otherwise. And don't compare the calendar to what day Tuesday actually is. Yeah, that would... That would lead to some misfortune. It's weird that we've got a new president on this Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird how every single thing that happens to us happens on a Tuesday. It's, I mean, it's just you know, crazy. But so it's super, you, it's super convenient. Absolutely. Like, Only have to worry do, about one day. Yeah. What are you doing next Tuesday? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. All of it. Uh, which next Tuesday? Yeah. Which? Yes. Very much so. What are you doing <sighs> Tuesday? Ah, you know, everything. Yeah, you know, and nothing. Thing. Same thing I do every Tuesday, Pinky. Yeah, it's an Ouroboros. It's just a Tuesday that eats itself constantly. <laughs> I got one of those on my arm. Hey. That's hey. Tuesday. My yep. snake is now named Tuesday. <laughs> Hello, Tuesday. It's canon now. <laughs> uh, hashtag football happened. Put it on a t-shirt. Hashtag football happened. Hashtag not a six-point team. Hashtag let's talk about the Browns. Yeah. Uh, so the Browns played some more playoff football. Yep. Uh, I think they played pretty good playoff football for I the most think, part. I think it was a pretty decent game. It was at least entertaining. Um, you did running... you did kind of get stung by the bullshit bug. Yeah, I got... Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, started off slow. Couldn't get the running game established, so we're relying on the passing game. Uh, Baker was efficient, but nothing flashy. Uh, started to get rolling in the second half with the running game, which helped make it competitive again. Uh, overall performances, uh, I think Nick Chubb should have got more carries, but that's pretty much my same complaint every week. Yeah, when you've got Nick Chubb, he should have more than 13 touches in a game. Yep. Uh, Kareem Hunt was still a good closer for us in the red zone. 
Uh, Rashad Higgins had himself a day, which is always good to see because, you know, somebody's got to step up. Uh, Jarvis Landry was definitely a consistent, like, like just a just a consistent target, just somebody that can get open for Baker, even if it didn't rely or result in a lot of yards. Very, very uh, few, one would argue. Yeah, uh, David Njoku definitely was trying to earn his check. Yeah, uh, he, he had a couple of really good snags during that game that made me go, okay, yeah, all right, Chief, going up and going up and getting yeah. it on like second and long or third and long or whatever it was. Yep, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones caught a beautiful ball from Baker, just a perfect over-the-shoulder fade to the sideline, wall in stride to push him out of bounds and get a first down and stop the clock. Uh, You know, there was good plays. There was good plays on our side of the ball. Um, Briefly, we'll mention some bullshit. Uh, In the second quarter, Rashad Higgins caught a pass and was diving for the pylon, and before he got to the pylon, he was... Excuse you. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> gonna not answer that and put that on a different thing never mind no, that didn't happen you guys definitely not getting phone calls right now uh, uh as he was diving for the pylon uh he got hit and fumbled the ball through the end zone turnover yeah. the problem with that play was although i already don't like that rule we know yeah. it's a rule you know um there there's no punishment for fumbling the ball out of bounds, but there is punishment for fumbling the ball through the end zone. I don't think it makes any sense. Uh, the punishment is too harsh, in my opinion. That was, uh, a, that was a large amount of the argument this week is how stupid that rule is. Yeah, and I th- the like, if you ask ten people, nine people will say this is dumb mm-hmm. and we need to change it, and the tenth person will say, "Well, you got to get punished somehow for you know diving for a touchdown." Yeah, I guess you got to be punished for playing the game of football. Yeah. And if you ask 11 people, that uh, that 11th person is Brandon Pernan. He says, as long as you don't have Derek Carr, you're usually yeah. fine. <laughs> right. Uh, but the problem with that play wasn't necessarily the punishment, because that punishment could have been all avoided if uh, the r- referees didn't miss a blatant helmet-to-helmet call on that hit. It was pretty uh, bad. Yeah, the safety, obviously, it was either safety or corner, but they obviously dropped their head, led with the crown, and hit Rashad Higgins right in the side of his helmet. 49, I think 49's a linebacker. Um, I don't know who it was. Dirty Dan is what they call him. Yeah. Um, he's not dirty because he plays dirty. That's just, for some reason, that's his nickname. Something about oh, fucking no. a goat. I'm sorry, he's a, yeah. <laughs> a pig, yes. Oh, okay, a pig. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, he's their free safety. Gotcha. Yeah, it was it was obviously a targeting call or a leading with the head, uh, easy call. They completely missed it. Um, Rashad Higgins fumbled it through the end zone. Najoku tried to save it, but it was already out of bounds at that point. So uh, touchback turnover lost all of our momentum going into halftime. Right, at which point it would have been what like it would have, it would have been uh, ten to nineteen. Yeah, going and into you the got, halftime, and you guys would have been like totally in it still. Mm-hmm. So coming out of the half, it was nineteen to three, and uh, we started playing good football. We were able to get the ball downfield, started handing the ball off to Nick Chubb. Chick- Nick Chubb was breaking off some runs. Baker was making some decent throws. Uh, you know, we got um, a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown in this time frame. Uh, it's we had the opportunity late in the game to win, and we just came up short. Now. 
to be fair to the Chiefs, in the third quarter, they lost Patrick Mahomes to concussion protocol. Uh, Mac Wilson hit him. It was a clean hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a clean hit, and as he was going to the ground, you see Patrick Mahomes' forehead bounce off the turf. And then he goes into a fencing posture, which is a it's a telltale sign for a traumatic head injury for all my medical nerds out there. Uh, fencing posture is when your arms clench out in front of you and your legs kick out in front of you. It's a, it's a subconscious defensive posture whenever you have any damage to your brain stem or your brain in general. Um, and you can see it when he hits the ground and rolls. You can see his eyes roll back and this arm clenched and out. His left arm clenched and out and his left leg out. Um, and then obviously when they tried to stand him up, uh, he stumbled and almost fell back to the ground. It was awful. It looked it looked gruesome. It was a clean hit. It was a football hit. Wobble dee um, wobble dee drop into yeah. my grave plot. Yeah, he just he just hit the ground awkward. You know, yeah. bounced his brain around a little in his brain box. Uh, and apparently obvious, there's no there's no penalty for for one of these in the NFL. I guess. Yeah, there's no you know he didn't grab him by the back of the shoulder blade or back of the shoulder pads or anything so he just wrapped his bicep around his neck and yeah, said you're yeah. coming with me yeah wrapped him up dragged him to the ground and he went boink yeah uh and it was scary it was scary i don't like seeing good players get hurt um but patrick mahomes not being in that game did not affect the outcome no uh because andy reed has the biggest balls in the nfl and he doesn't care who's out there playing quarterback. He's going to call the plays the same way. Yeah. Anything is possible. Anything is possible was the hashtag. Uh, so they got another possession. Uh, well, there's some back and forth. Uh, Chad Henney was able to make some good uh, completions to Tyreek Hill, get in field goal range, stretch the game out to uh, 22-17. Uh, or, well, it was technically 22-10. Uh, and then we scored in the fourth again to make it 22-17. And then we got a stop and got the ball back with about four minutes and some change left. That was um, the point where you and I were sitting there like, oh, yeah, yeah, it like, could I happen. Was, yeah, I was. there's four minutes left. We're only down by five points. This could easily happen. The prophecy. Um, the prophecy. And that's why I say Patrick Mahomes not being in this game had nothing to do with the outcome because mm-hmm. it was the defense and Andy Reid's play calling that ultimately won him that game on this particular drive because they they straight up stuffed us. We never even got out of our own side of the field. Yeah. Now, rookie head coach Kevin Stefanski on fourth and seven in the divisional playoff game, close to the 50, punted. Yeah. I don't necessarily blame him for the decision. He thought with Chad, I see where his head's at. With Chad Haney being out there, he assumed that his defense would be able to make a play or at least get the stop. We'll get the ball back with one or two minutes left and then run our two-minute drill. So his I head got, should have been back in the basement. Yeah I, yeah, I got where his head's at. But I would have, against a team like the Chiefs, I mean, look at the weapons around any quarterback in that team. They're going to push the ball downfield. Yeah. And as soon as they got the ball back, we punted. As soon as they got the ball back, they started marching. Tyreek Hill got a good completion. Chad Henney scrambled for um, towards the end of that drive. Yeah, they got pushed back a little bit, and then Chad Henney scrambled for like 13 yards. It ended on a fourth and one. And then Andy Reid, balls of fucking steel, uh, lines up, 
the offense on fourth and one. So we're just like, hey, they're just going to try to draw us off sides. You know, hold still, hold your assignment. And then the last second of the play clock, they fucking snap the ball. And then Tyreek Hill swings out to the right. Easy completion. Ten yards of space ahead of him. And he just slides down and bounce. Yep. On fucking the the balls. Because if they would have turned that ball over, that would have gave us the ball back in midfield with like a minute and a half left. Did you hear the reporter's uh, question to Andy Reid about that play afterwards? What's that? Uh, he said, uh, when did fourth fourth and one become a passing down? And Andy Reid said, I went to BYU. Every down is a passing down. Yeah, yeah, I did see <laughs> Yeah. It's like, do you see this offense? Tyree Kill, Travis yeah. Kelsey, you know, Sammy Watkins, every down is All a I passing do is down. This. And fucking Sammy Watkins is like on ice right now. Right. Like they're just they're they're LaShawn McCoying him where it's just like, oh, yeah, we'll use you later. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think Patrick Mahomes being injured for the last quarter of the game affected the outcome, because like I said, it was the defense. It was Kansas City's defense and Andy Reid's aggression with his play calling on that last drive that kind of buried it for us. We were confident we we're going to get the ball back for one more drive. And the Chiefs straight up said no. Yeah, they uh, just took. Yep, took it completely out of our hands. We had no timeouts left. There was only like a minute left on the clock. They nailed it out, knelt it out, and uh, the Chiefs are moving on to the AFC Championship to play the Bills. They outbrowned the Browns. They outbrowned the fucking Browns. Um, but overall, it was a it was a lot more defensive than I thought it would be, considering these are two of the more mediocre defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were. The defenses really stepped up. They both defenses came into this going, we're not limit, we're going to limit the big play. Pretty much the strategy that I was talking about last week when it's like, how do you beat the Chiefs? Limit the big play and make them drive the length of the field. Mm. Well, both defenses had the same idea. And uh, I, I, I don't think we leaned enough into the running game at the beginning of the game. And especially when we got down into a hole early, obviously it's a little harder to run the ball, but like, that's our identity. You got to still keep running the ball. Right. And you're, um, I mean, and your defense was keeping them relatively honest where it's like, mm-hmm. you're not going to score that. Like they got two early touchdowns, but after that it was field goals. Yeah, it was. And we got a gift on a turnover on that turnover. Um, that uh, Rashad Higgins turnover because it set him up as in a, you know, uh, or no, not the Rashad Higgins turnover. It was the pick Baker threw. Um, yeah. Baker threw a pretty nasty pick. I think anybody, if it was any other um, safety or corner, that ball probably could have been safe, but it was Tyron Matthew. Uh, he was trying to squeeze it into a tight window, and Tyron Matthew just broke on the ball beautifully, made a great play. Like, uh, the ball, set up the ball, behind the guy. And... Yeah, just came, looped around and broke on it. Like, if the ball was a little to the right, into the secondary but it wasn't a bad pass it's just tyron matthew made a really good play yeah on on a ball that he could get uh and that set him up basically in the red zone and we were able to hold him to three there so like it um and then uh their kicker doinked one for me i appreciated that uh cody parkey better kicker than whoever the fuck that was (laughs) Um, harrison butker uh harris yeah harrison butker um but it was uh it was a good it was a competitive game. There's obviously some things that we needed to improve on. Um, but I, the way I phrased it at the end of the game, because it was it was it was a heartbreaking loss because we had a chance to win that game, um, and it would have meant a lot in our first time going to the playoffs in 18 years to go to the fucking AFC Championship. Obviously, that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> 
especially going to play, you know, our our uh, you know our sister team in Buffalo. <laughs> the but the way I phrased it to you is was I'm disappointed. I was disappointed, but I wasn't upset mm-hmm. because the Cleveland Browns had basically already surpassed my expectation for the year. I wanted a winning season and stay competitive in the division. Well, we had a winning season, almost won our division, made it to the playoffs, beat the Steelers in the first round, and hung with the defending Super Bowl champion in the divisional round with with several opportunities to win that game. Mm. So, overall, uh, I'd say this year was a success, and I love Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, not not a not a bad yeah. uh, rookie coaching year. Mm-mm. That's one of those things. It truly shows how important like good coaching and good scheming can be. Going from literally no like 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 we said earlier in the year, like yeah, we shored up some pieces on like the offensive line and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But as far as our offensive weapons and our major defensive players, not a lot changed personnel wise. It was front office and coaching. And we went from six and ten to eleven and five, almost you know, and into the divisional round, and then into the divisional round against the defending Super Bowl champions, who, by the way, didn't cover that ten point fucking margin. <laughs> Vegas, fuck you. Put some respect on their name. Disre fucking respectful. The second seed in the NFC. Got beat by Tom Brady by 10 points. The Browns did not get beat by Kansas City by 10 points. We didn't need you to spot us 10 points. We only need you to spot us 5, evidently. Yeah. Evidently. Um, uh, but like like I said, I was, I was disappointed, but I'm not upset. I couldn't be upset. You know, I, the future looks bright in Cleveland. Yeah, which is uh, unusual. Fucking weird. <laughs> Like if it was if we were nine and seven and we snuck into a wild card a wild card division or a wild card uh, spot on like a tiebreaker or a technicality, mm-hmm. then I would have been like, oh, okay, it's kind of bunk, you know. But like we, you know, cemented ourselves as a postseason team halfway through the year. Uh, we put a large margin uh, in front of us when it came mm-hmm. to came to teams that were competitive. Literally, the only teams. There's only two teams that could have knocked us out of the wild card. That was Miami and Baltimore. And because we already beat the Colts and we already beat the Titans, so we had those tiebreakers. Right, right, right. Um, so if both Baltimore and Miami made the playoffs, then we would have got knocked out because Baltimore had the tiebreaker on us. Right. And again, um, you made it you made it in a division yeah. where you had to have at least eleven wins, which is yeah. like nuts. Yeah, it's it's you know it's not we weren't we weren't the eight and eight bears sneaking in because we won in a bullshit division you know, mm-hmm. um, or we or, weren't you know the Washington <laughs> Footballers coming yeah. in with a losing record because they you know fucking they won tank division. Uh, it was the most competitive the AFC North has been in a while. It's mm-hmm. the most competitive the AFC has been in general has been in a while. Like a we good, talked about before, a lot of good young quarterbacks. Yeah, <laughs> like like we talked about at the beginning of the playoffs, no team in the AFC made it that had less than 10, 11 wins. So, 
it was literally like a five-way tie for everything under the Steelers, Chiefs, and Buffalo. Um, so it was uh, the only thing that I wish we improved on a little bit more was that point differential, still negative point differential to close out the season, but no big deal. Things look bright in Cleveland. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go big. I'm gonna hug Kevin Stefanski once COVID's over. I'm gonna drive to Berea and be like, "Thank you, thank you for delivering me a reason to watch Cleveland football again." But now there is expectation. Yeah. Now you got to keep it up. Eleven and five in the divisional round is good. So next year needs to be better. So hopefully we don't fall into that trap. But it, well, you get you get one lucky break. You don't have to play that? us. Oh, next season. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're not playing the AFC North straight up. And you came in second in your division. We came in first, so our shit doesn't line up. Yeah. So, so we get a sl- mulligan. Slightly easier strength of schedule. Yep, just a little bit. And you know, down the stretch, we beat teams that we beat, except for the Jets, which has an asterisk. Because we didn't have any wide receivers for that game. Right. Um, uh, every team we were supposed to beat, we beat. And we beat. And that's the thing. When you when you miss, like, literally an entire position group, and it's, like, mm-hmm. an offensive skill group, you're probably not expected to win that game anymore. <laughs> right. And four, five of our wins were against teams that eventually made it into the playoffs. So, it was... It was a fun season to watch. I was not nearly as big of a wreck as I normally am because we were winning. Ooh. Did you know that QBs drafted number one overall are one in six uh, against Andy Reid in the postseason? Eh, fuck Andy Reid. <laughs> Andy Reid's so good. Also, also, you caught Andy Reid after a bye week, and he's, like, fucking undefeated mm-hmm. after a bye week. Yeah, so. Andy Reid like the chiefs definitely showed their humanity this season, but the chiefs still the chiefs, you know, just like the Browns is the Browns. The chiefs is the chiefs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, uh, Clay or chase Claypool. Uh, I ain't seen no clapping going on. So, uh, chase Claypool said that we were going to get clapped by the chiefs. Ah. Quote unquote. Well, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I thought I was going to lose you in that first quarter when they went up 13 to three. There was a small part of me. That's like, he's not going to finish this game. (laughs) This, this might get away from them. Oh, it was close. It was close. There was, there were several times, there were several times where it was just like, just for my own sanity and health. Yeah. Please just score a touchdown. Uh, so like basically at the half, I was talking to myself the whole time. All right, boys. Cause we were on discord together. So it was like, Mm. All right, boys, settle down, get back into your game plan, run the fucking ball, and then that's what they did, and it proved successful, and it put us in a position to win. We just couldn't get it done, and that's really the bottom line is, like, yes, there was bullshit that happened in this game. It did not define the outcome. It Like, ESPN, well, it when I say that, I mean because we had an opportunity to just flat-out win the game, regardless yeah. of what happened. You still um, had a chance to beat the refs. Yeah, the ESPN kind of did a stretch a little bit comparing it to the fumble, like the fumble. And if you're a Cleveland fan, you know what the fumble was. Uh, basically, back in the 80s, uh, in the um, 
in the AFC Championship against the Denver Broncos. We were driving down five points, last drive of the game, fumble it up, and then our running back fumbled it on the one, and Denver recovered, kneeled it out, and won. Um, so ESPN was like, oh, on this day, exactly 20-something years ago, there was another fumble that cost Cleveland a playoff game, and it's like, they are not even remotely close. Cleveland was playing for a, a Super Bowl berth, and that fumble actually cost them the game. Dog, I hate this, to break this to you. What? The 80s were 30 years ago. Oh God! Some of some of the eighties were forty years ago. I want to go home now. <laughs> well, too bad you're already home. Shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, ESPN, shut up. The fumble and that fumble were not the same. Okay, like the fumble has its own Wikipedia article. Shut up. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it was 1987 AFC Championship game. Fumbled. Ernest Biner fumbled on the one-yard line. And then the Broncos took an intentional safety. Oh, so that huh, so that kind of answers my uh my pre my pre start question of well they didn't, has well, has anybody they didn't, ever kneeled it into a safety? Well, they didn't kneel it because that would have stopped the clock. They well, you said they took in it the in. End zone. Yeah, yeah, but you said they took it. Yeah, they ran around in the end zone and chew clock and then ran out of bounds. Okay, well, yeah. I guess that's a little bit different, but... Yeah, kneeling in the end zone is stupid because that immediately stops the clock and and spots them two points, and you have to give them the ball back. They should have just kneeled so I could be right for once. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those those two events aren't the same. ESPN, shut the fuck up. Also, Chase Claypool, shut the fuck up. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, shut the fuck up. Uh, uh, go Bills. Go Bills. Wyatt Teller says go Bills. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And Wyatt Teller uh, still loves his Bills Mafia. Thank you again for Wyatt Teller. Um, <laughs> appreciate you uh, for giving us arguably the best guard in the league for buttons. Um, fucking fifth round pick. Yep. Worst trade uh, en- since Marshawn. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy that fifth round pick. I hope you get something at least decent out of it. I wonder. Uh, I could look it up if we can. But because enough, because but. because it's eleven and because we went eleven and five, it's not going to be a good fifth round pick. So hate it for you. Oh, we got a fifth and a sixth. Okay. So cool. who did we draft in the fifth and sixth? Were we drafted? Oh, well, it became. Uh, I know the sixth round uh, became uh, Tyler Bass. That's good. For one. So, he got us our kicker with a giant leg. Hell yeah. Or he was a sixth round pick. I don't know if he was our first or second, but... Nice. You know what's really weird? This is something that... uh, Since we talked to the... Since we're talking about the draft a little bit. um, Because of where we lost in the playoffs, the Browns don't pick until the 26th pick in the first round. I do not remember the last time we were picking that late where we didn't trade down. Because <laughs> the yeah. last time we picked the last time we picked that late, it was David Njoku. We traded down to that pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, weird. Yeah, yeah. The Bills are the Bills are going to be picking twenty eighth or later, uh, mm-hmm. depending on how things shake out. Twenty uh, ninth or later. The Saints are twenty eighth. Right. You start counting at zero programming math yep 
Uh, you got anything else on this game? Any any other closing uh, thoughts? I guess on the Brown season as a whole. Um, who are you drafting next year? What position do you need? Fuck, dude, defense. Yeah, defense. Uh, get another corner or something. Yeah, we need to shore up. We need to shore up safety. Well, although, what what's the deal with Greedy Williams? Uh, he Is was he just been- injured all year. Okay. Yeah, uh, Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit were injured all year, so I hope we go safety or linebacker. Or there's no there's no like studs at defensive end. I would like somebody that's a little more long term across from Miles Garrett. Cause well, Olivia so you're Vernon. not gonna you're not gonna get that at 26. Um, yeah, but we're not gonna get anything crazy like that at 26. Uh, we can get some value for the defensive line, but I would love to go safety or linebacker. Um. Uh, I think Grant Delpit needs a proper strong safety mm-hmm. next to him. Uh, Carl Joseph played very well. Andrew Zendejo tried his best to get off my bum list. Uh, Denzel, <laughs> but he didn't. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't. Uh, Greedy Williams. Hopefully, he's a good compliment for Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward needs to stay needs to stay healthy uh, this year. Not nearly as much of of the normal injury bug because part of his missing games this year was COVID, not an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think we should heavily invest in defense. I mean, we had the number three rushing attack, or number three rushing offense in the league, and uh, we still Nick Chubb is still on a rookie contract, and we already extended Kareem Hunt. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was actually going to be my follow-up yeah. question, is where do their contracts stand? Yeah, we extended Kareem at the beginning of this season. Uh, we still have the fifth-year option, or we still have uh, one more year on Nick Chubb's rookie contract, and we have Baker's fifth-year option or an extension and a lot of cap space. Well, and so, you got, I mean, Baker's still only three years in, so you've got you know all of next year still if you really wanted to sit around and you know wait. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Baker's going to get extended sooner rather than later. Uh, and then the next person we look at, because Miles Garrett already got paid, um, Jarvis Landry's already on a big contract. I think Rashad Higgins after this season deserves a long term deal, um, considering he took a pay cut. He was he got better offers from other teams. He took he took a worse offer. He wor- took a cap friendly offer for a one year deal in Cleveland to come back to Cleveland when he got cut last season. Mm-hmm. And I think after this year, especially after you know uh, um, Odell got injured, Rashad Higgins deserves a a legitimate look at a long term deal, or at least a you know three to four year thing. Um, you know, for him filling in the number two spot, you know, he finished the season with almost 600 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, there's definitely and there's definitely chemistry there between him and Baker. That's chemistry. Sorry, finish up. Uh, that's chemistry that Freddie Kitchen's offense ignored last season. Uh-huh. That Kevin Stefanski allowed to flourish when Odell got hurt. I, I was going to say, you guys are paying your wide receivers like nothing outside of Jarvis and Odell. I was yeah. going to say, Peoples Jones probably deserves an extension or something too, but you've got them signed until 2023 for pennies, basically. Yeah, well, because he was, he was a late-round rookie draft pick. Yeah, you know, he's on. He's on a rookie contract. Rashad Higgins is on a almost a oh, minimum he, deal. He was a rookie this year. Yeah, yeah. This okay. was Donovan Peoples Jones' first year. Uh, so we got him locked up on a rookie deal. Rashad Higgins played for pu- Buttons just to stay in Cleveland. Um, we inherited Odell's New York contract. We extended Jarvis. Uh, the offensive line is signed up. We still got a couple. Uh, Kareem's extended. We got a couple of years left on Baker and Nick Chubb's thing. Um. 
So I want to go defense and then start working on extensions for the guys on the offense that need them, starting with Baker. Uh, I think this season definitely proved that Baker is worth um, taking a look at for the long-term option in Cleveland. Uh, he finished the season with with uh, with acceptable numbers. You know, he was top ten in the league QBR, uh, top ten in the league for uh, interceptions, uh, thirty five hundred yards and twenty six touchdowns. Uh, counting the postseason, he's the first Cleveland quarterback in years to throw for thirty touchdowns. So. Uh, I think there's a future in Cleveland, especially with Kevin Stefanski. I think Cleveland, I think Baker Mayfield is playing with a two-year handicap, having to play with Hugh Jackson and Freddie Kitchens yeah. in the front. Um, but now that we have somebody that obviously knows how he wants to use these personnel, now he can really start developing. We saw the Baker that I expected to see his rookie year, and we kind of got it back uh, with the turnovers cleaned up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. I think you guys have really got to get something out of Odell when he comes back, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got to come back healthy and fucking hungry because you're paying him, like, four mil a year more than we're paying uh, Stefan. Yeah, totally. I, I 100% I mean, agree with that. And that's, uh, like, a, that's like a cheap lineman. Like, yeah. Odell's production was certainly good while he was in the rotation, but it wasn't what we're paying him good, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I think Odell has a future in this team. I I don't buy into the rhetoric that Baker is better without Odell. That entire offense got better after the bye mm-hmm. because they settled, you know? It just so happened that Odell was injured. You know, Odell was playing fine, you know? Um, it's everything just kind of started settling down around. I think the, I think it was correlation, but not necessarily causation. Uh-huh. Um, I think Odell Beckham has obviously has a lot of gas left in the tank. He's still young. Um, we're paying him a lot of money. Uh, he's actually training and with uh, Saquon Barkley um, on, for, uh, for the re for rehabbing the, the knee injury for the mm-hmm. torn ACL. Saquon's. Yep, say quads. Um, so I, I 100% agree. Uh, whenever Odell does come back, we need to see, you know, production for the money that we're paying him. Uh, considering outside of outside of kind of the gimmicky gadget plays that we used him on, you know, he was just like an average, an average target for the team. Um, I think. Part of that was due to how run heavy we were, and part of that was due to just a comfort in the offense. Um, I'm hoping to see bigger things really stretch in the field next season. We'll see how Odell does coming off that ACL. Mm. Okay. Well, are we ready to move on? Let's move on to the gift that the Buffalo Bills provided me. <laughs> oh the the death of Lamar Jackson. This, not this guy? that, not oh. that. I don't I don't like watching players get hurt. Just the beating down of Lamar Jackson. But uh, I we made I'm him look po- mad average. Yeah, I'm not opposed to watching teams beat the Ravens by 14 points every week. Let's do <laughs> yeah. that some more. Especially when Tell they me. don't when they don't get in the end zone. Right. 
Uh, tell me how you held the Baltimore Ravens to only one field goal, RJ. Well, it helps when they doink, too. Um, it, it helps when when uh, arguably the best kicker in NFL football right now uh, misses two inside of 50 when he's typically automatic. So thanks, thanks for that, Mr. Mr. Tucker. You know, statistically, Cody Parkey was the best kicker in the postseason so far. So far, Tyler Bass has got some time. Mm-hmm. Although, I think Bass missed one in this. Yeah, he did, towards the end of the first half, or end Cody of the first Park- quarter. Yeah. Cody Parkey was perfect for field goals and extra points in the postseason. No doubt. Hey, man. <laughs> Sometimes you got it. Yep. He turned it on. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, this... So, I originally was calling this game at, like, 35-30. Uh, mm-hmm. I expected this to be, you know... Uh, a game where both teams scored a lot more because I didn't expect our, like I expected our defense to give up a lot more. Um, but I also expected to be able to drive and convert, um, against the Ravens more. Instead, what we saw was the bills got off to a slow start again. Um, we ended up, you know, we, we were never down in this game. Um, Uh, that's my uncle trying to call me to talk about football. Guess what, buddy? I'm busy talking about football. Um, yeah. Fuck off, Abuelo. <laughs> or no, Tio, Abuelo's yeah. grandpa. There you go. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to figure out where this game was. We knew that the Ravens were again, were again, like one of the hardest defenses we faced all year. I mean, you got to think about it. The last three games, the bills have gone up against Miami, who at the time was the number one scoring defense. Then we went up against Indianapolis, who at that point was the number one scoring defense. And then we went up against the Raider or the Raiders, the Ravens, uh, who were like a top two or three team all season. Mm-hmm we just keep beating them. Like we keep finding a way. Um, it, life, uh, finds a way. Life, uh, finds a way. Um, but yeah, it was another situation where it's kind of like, I feel like I'm just regurgitating the same narrative the last couple of weeks. The bills get off to a slow start. They get into the second half. Stefan starts to get loose. We put points up and we get hot enough to win, and the defense is starting to do something. Mm. This week, what the defense did was tie the record for the longest interception return for a touchdown, uh, which was almost kneeled at the beginning of the play, because Mm. this guy right here, uh, Taron Johnson, said, you laughed at me when I got hit in the face at the combine with a goddamn football during my drills, but guess what? This motherfucker ain't gonna catch me because I'm fast. Yeah, he was fast. What helped was this guy setting a block. Uh, So Mm -hmm. thank you, Trey White, for getting out there and sticking with the play, especially when the two of you traded places uh, mid-run so that Trey could get to the inside uh, and block on Lamar and be that buffer. Um, Mm -hmm. I really, I think Lamar gave up on that play. Like, I, I really feel like had he given. 100% 100% on that. He could have like found some way to cut through, but they got to about the 20 yard line and Lamar just kind of pushes Trey and gives up. 
Yeah, so. I think once I think once Lamar saw Trey on the pursuit, he was like, "There's no way I can maintain speed because, like, you know, mm-hmm. he was running full speed with the ball. He was in full stride at yeah. that point. So it's like, there's no way he could have maintained full speed and beat the block. So it's just like, all right, take the contact and then let it go. Uh, I still find it funny that, you know, and you alluded to it, that that gentleman almost kneeled the ball in the end zone after he got the pick for a touchback. He literally he literally said, yeah, I kind of looked down at the ground for a minute and then looked at, but out of the corner of my eye, I saw a whole bunch of green. So I said, I'm going to run with this. Yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> and there was one guy, there was one guy right at the beginning of that play while he was first coming out of the end zone. It was like a tight end or something who like mm-hmm. had a shot to grab him and like just, just missed. And he like stumbled for a half second, but then he recovered and was just, and then that was it. Um, and it's hilarious. I mean, Josh Allen on the sideline is hilarious, uh, especially if you watch the video reaction because he just he kind of hears it happens, turns around, and is in complete disbelief, and then just like puts his hands up, <laughs> um, which is great. Uh, Dion Dawkins described it as, "Man, I didn't even know what was going on. We just all looked up, and all you could see was Johnson uh, yeah. running down the field." So. Because, I mean, because, you know, the Ravens were in the red zone, so the offense was probably setting up for their next drive. Lamar's first red zone interception. Mm-hmm. Him him and Josh had both not thrown a red zone interception up to that point in their career. Mm-hmm. And, the I mean, yeah, the Ravens were driving after, after we scored on a play that was a three-on-two play, and they just let us set up... Uh, I think it was um, John Brown and Gabe Davis were the blockers mm-hmm. and Josh just like turned and chucked it to Stefan real quick, who just put his head down for four yards and drove it into the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the Ravens turned around, drove all that field, like literally right afterwards and were about to score. And mm-hmm. yeah, Teron Johnson just said, no, 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 no. And it was a, it was a good pick too. Like, it was, it, it was kind of bad placement by Lamar. Yeah, uh, but you know he made he made a good break on the ball, and thank God he didn't kneel it. Uh, uh, my the thing I noticed during the game, kind of to allude towards you know the low scoring nature of this game, because like you said, I I agree with you. I didn't expect it to be this low scoring too. Is the one thing that I thought the Ravens were going to be able to do all over you, they just didn't. Um, which well, was run, run the ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had decent production, you know, but 150 yards rushing is nothing for them, right? When they've put up 400 in a game, yeah. So the run first attack was definitely stifled enough to where it kind of forced Lamar to have to start actually having to beat you with his arm, mm-hmm. and uh, I just don't think they had the horsepower, especially towards the end. Yeah, well, and then and then we run into a situation where um, late in the game. I, I kind of noticed this from the very beginning. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was like the slightly slick conditions or if their mm-hmm. center just sucks ass. Um, but it seemed like this dude was missing his hikes to Lamar all game long. Like they were going off to the side or they were a little low or they were kind of like up on his shoulder or something. Yeah. Because at the end of the game, it ends up costing them because the mm-hmm. center misses Lamar on the hike. The ball skips back like you know almost exactly reminiscent of your Steelers game Mm -hmm. um skips past him is heading towards the end zone I'm losing my mind because I'm like that's another one that's another one right there we've done this before but Lamar scoops the ball turns around 
hucks it, um, which ends up getting called intentional grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lamar gets nailed by like Mario Addison and I think Tremaine Edmonds and yeah. just bounces the back of his head off the turf in the end zone. And that was it for Lamar Jackson that game. Yep. Once again, clean hit. Yeah. I want to emphasize these two concussions were concussion protocols, concussion evaluations. They haven't yet to confirm whether or not either of them are concussions. Clean hits. Yep. Their head hit the ground and their brain hit the inside of their skull. Yeah. Because that's how concussions work. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, so they had uh, Tyler Huntley out there for the rest of the game, correct? Yeah. Um, who the other thing almost I, who almost burned us real hard. Yeah, uh, Tyler Huntley, kind of one of those guys, uh, deceptively fast, um, probably does well in that read option Harbaugh offense just because mm. he's a quick, shifty dude. Uh, the other thing I noticed was the amount of pressure you guys were able to get on Lamar and pressure he couldn't escape. You definitely was, got up. You got up the middle on him, and when you got up the middle on him and shifted him left to right, you sealed the edges. Yeah, you know, except for the was, one time that he turned around and was like, oh, look, the entire field's here because I blindly rolled to the outside and just guessed, yeah. and everybody went the other way. Yeah. Asshole. Well, that's the big thing is anytime, <laughs> yeah, he rolled he rolled and saw a gap in the middle and was able to squeak. It's like what we talked about last week. Like, Lamar's biggest advantage is when he can find open space in the middle and squeak to the outside. Mm-hmm. But if you push him to the outside and cap those edges, he's not going to. If he spins back to the inside to find a gap, he's going to spin into the pass rush. Right. So, and that's what he was. That's pretty much what happened to him. You know, there was like seven QB hits and four sacks. Um, one to, was to Tyler Huntley, but um, I, I believe the stat was we pressured him on fifty-five percent of downs, and that's the mm-hmm. most he faced all season. Yeah, th- there was not a point in that game where Lamar Jackson was comfortable, which was yeah. not what I expected. Not what I expected for your guys' pass rush. That was right. obviously scheming because you guys were sending pretty much an extra player downhill almost every snap. And our pass rush has not like gotten yeah. a ton of pressures this year. I think we were like, I want to say we were bottom third in sacks, which is yeah. not, which is not like that's not everything. You know, it's the big you know pass rush stat it's the it's the shiny one um Mm -hmm. but you can still get plenty of pressure on a qb and affect them without getting a sack but even then i want to say we were like middle of the pack at best Mm -hmm. yeah i i think the scheming and the performance from your guys's front four plus the the auxiliary pass rushers that because you guys were sent you send a safety you'll send a corner you know you send uh fucking matt milano came around the corner one time and really, it was like our front eight because we would have like one set of guys in for first and second downs, and then like anytime they gave us the opportunity, we were completely rotating the line on third downs mm-hmm. to get fresh rushers against their linemen. So, I mean, our rotation was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, was de- it was definitely the kind of performance you guys needed from your pass rush to keep Lamar Jackson uncomfortable. Uh, and not let them play their game because their game feeds directly into what your defense sucks at defending, which is the run. <laughs> yep. Yep. But like you were saying earlier, I mean, you know, nobody on their, I mean, their team had like decent averages. 4.2 yards is not bad. Um, and they yep. put up some yards, but like they never, nobody got loose. Nobody broke anything huge ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, really a testament to, us just getting up on the line and stuffing people, which, you know, 
I think my commentary during the game was like, okay, we're still giving up like three, we're still giving up like four, but mm. then they would try and pass the ball, and the and the passing game was just not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, uh, after Lamar went out, Tyler Huntley came in, and he scared me for a second because he's because uh, I was like, oh my god, you just have two of this guy, like what the <laughs> fuck, <laughs> like, yeah. like this seems unfair. Where's Robert Griffin the third or the white guy, like? And the answer was like, no, we got we got this other dude. And I'm like, fuck, he's fast also and has an arm. Um, and he he sailed one on Hollywood Brown that was like the freest touchdown I've ever seen in my life, if, yep. if that connects. But it seems like the elements in Buffalo played a major factor because, again, um, Justin Tucker uh, doinks two field goals, one to the left, one to the right. He only missed the middle bar. Um and Josh, you know, on any sort of deep pass, kind of looked like first year Josh again, where he was overthrowing everything, but mm-hmm. it was probably the wind taking it for the most part. Yeah. Because um, Josh has got an arm to drive it through the wind, but as soon as the wind's with him, he's like, oh, fuck. It just takes it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of that's how the game went. And now... Now we play the Chiefs. The one plays the two. How do you feel about that? Uh, still relatively confident. I mean, they, like, here's the thing is, we're finally playing a team that has, like, an average defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way our defense is playing uh, against their guys, if we can, I... It's weird. Like, Tyreek Hill is, like, always a threat all the time, no matter what. Sure. But I still feel like Travis Kelsey's going to be the one that we're going to need to double more. Mm. Matt Milano's um, going to earn his... Trey Edmonds and Matt Milano are going to earn their check against Kelsey. Yeah. Because, um, like, they ran it 30 times against us with Clyde Edwards-Alaire when they beat us. Yeah. Guess who they don't have anymore? Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That's the one. Um, so... Yeah, but he's like... he's He hasn't been scary this year. Yeah, he hasn't been overly impressive. Um, so I think, I mean, I think this is like we wanted to see it when we played the Chargers, and that game didn't really turn out the way we expected it either. That was kind of a, a middle to low scoring affair. But I mean, I don't know. Both teams could put up fucking 50 points in this game if they wanted to, I think. Like, this could end up, you know, 56 49 or some stupid ass score. Yeah. Um, it could also end up, you know, 27 to 20, which is probably more likely. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a stat that came out that since week nine, um, the Chiefs had not had a game where they've beaten the other team by more than 10 points. Yep. The Bills yeah, have yeah. the Bills have eight games where they have beaten the other team by more than 10 mm-hmm. points. Yep. So there's there's something to say about, like, are the Chiefs not as dominant? Or... Are they championship caliber because they continue to find a way to win regardless? Mm-hmm. Like, even if the games are close, they always find a way to win. Yeah. So there's two. There's a couple schools of thought on that. Um, I'm of the opinion that uh, if, if they had been playing more dominantly, I would be more concerned. Um, mm-hmm. But at this point, uh, you know, at time of recording... Um, Patrick Mahomes is still in the concussion protocol. Now, mm. he may be back and ready, or 
there may be an independent doctor that says, no, you're not allowed to play. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think that's a huge factor. I don't think, I think if, I think if we're playing, um, Hanny, uh, we are fine. But RJ, anything is possible. Anything is possible. It's, you know, well, he started with a lead and only had to close it out. So, uh, well, that's kind of the thing I was going to say, like, you know, the Chiefs, the Chiefs kind of showed both, both of the scenarios for which you're referring to. Uh, one, I don't think they're as dominant as they were last year or the year prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, it doesn't matter because they just keep finding ways to win. You right. know, we were, we were one helmet to helmet call and one good offensive drive away from beating them. And we just didn't, we couldn't get it done. The defense stepped up and did it. And that's been the story all year is yep. some part of one person or some unit on that team steps up, steps up and makes the game, you know, just finishes the game. Um, I think that's, I I'm in the same camp. You are, if it's Chad Henney, I think you're going to be okay. Uh, if Patrick Mahomes gets back healthy, um, that's the other thing. I mean, he might be back in the game and might still be like, he might pass protocol, but might not mm -hmm. be a hundred percent ready. Yeah. And then then he takes one more good hit and yeah. Well, if they don't, if they think that's a possibility, they'll sit him. Yeah. Because, uh, if the independent doctor, if the independent neurologist thinks it's a possibility that he's not quite a hundred, he won't be a hundred percent by, by game day, he's not going to clear him. Because uh, that's exactly the scenario that this concussion protocol is designed to avoid is going out there when you're not fully healed and exacerbating the injury. Right. Because it's it's not like, you know, a muscle strain. You can't play through a concussion. You can only make it worse until it's better. Right. Um, so uh, I, I wish for a speedy recovery, but it'd be it'd be kind of cool if that recovery took a little longer than in the next couple of days. Who knows? I mean, I would still rather it's the it's the same thing I was saying at the end of this game was I would rather have beaten Lamar for four quarters. Yeah, I would. I would I'd ra- rather, I'd rather you beat Patrick Mahomes as well. I would rather us beat Patrick Mahomes and the real Chiefs mm-hmm. and not some facsimile because that would be a stupid thing. Um, and to, no asterisks. To, yeah, and uh, and to quote Kyle Brandt, I'm doing a lot of quotes in this uh, episode. Um, one of four things absolutely has to happen at this point. Mm-hmm. This is jumping a little ahead because we still got two games to talk about, at least yeah. briefly. Um, yeah. But one of four things has to happen. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady goes to another team and wins a seventh Super Bowl. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers comes through, wins MVP, and wins his second Super Bowl, uh, which finally you know propels him into that GOAT discussion. Because mm-hmm. it seems like most people's opinion at least over the last couple of days because people have been talking about like is philip rivers even uh even like a hall of famer at this point um because he hasn't won a single super bowl whereas eli like easily is even though rivers's stats are like significantly better Mm -hmm. you know over the course of his career but so aaron Rodgers wins the second one uh kansas city comes through wins a second Super Bowl in a row and starts setting up a legitimate dynasty or the Bills win a fucking Super Bowl. Period. Yeah. <laughs> history, one of those... is, history will be made this year. Yeah, one of those four things has to happen. Yeah. The, there cannot the Chief... be none. Right. The Chiefs can be the first repeat champion since the Patriots. Um, Aaron Rodgers can 
finally put to bed the the best versus greatest conversation. Uh, you know, Tom Brady can do Tom Brady shit, and the Bills can just win. Yeah. <laughs> so Buffalo all the way this time. Buffalo all the way this time. Uh, making up for decades of sadness. And making well, so so many tables broken in the meantime. Not quite a factory of sadness. Oh, yeah. So apparent, uh, according to Dion Dawkins, um, people are just like out in the middle of streets breaking tables in Buffalo. Hell yeah, brother. You know, just because. Um, you know what the move I think the Bills should make before the Super Bowl? What's that? I think we should sign Mark Ingram. Yeah, because why not? the Ravens just released him. It's yeah. like, hey, buddy, you want to? You're already under COVID protocol. You want to? <laughs> you're kind of cutting into my news a little bit, but yeah. Oh okay. well, I mean, it's listen, it's it's Bills related. It'd be very funny if we suddenly had Devonte Freeman and Mark Ingram at the very end. You know, yeah. You what would you go to Buffalo for? Uh, you know, to ring chase. Yep. Who's this ever said my... that? Who's ever said that? <laughs> He would be the first. Yeah. <laughs> he and, and it would be Mark Ingram. Be like, yeah. I've, I came here to win a ring. Big trust. Bigger trust. Yeah, bigger trust. Cold Best trust. believe that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that would be a hilarious move. It's just like, yeah, we just beat you. Come over here. Yeah. Come, <laughs> come where it's warm and safe, which are not two words associated with Buffalo often. No. I mean, safe, maybe. Warm, not so much. But, yeah, dude, it's, uh, I'm sorry your season is over, but for me, I get, I get at least one more game of football. Hey, we still got more football to watch, dude. So. We both, we both were playing meaningful football in January, and that's all I really wanted this year. And, uh, the fact that the Bills are even in the AFC Championship and they're playing as well as they are, I mean, I can, I can, I can be excited vicariously. Especially the AFC championship since 93, baby. Yeah, especially with how intrinsically tied the destinies of the Bills and the Browns have been over the past two decades. Like, there's, you know, it's that common respect and mediocrity that the Bills and Browns have shared over the past two years. And for both the teams to really be coming into their own pretty much at the same time and reestablishing, you know, establishing kind of a new era, so to speak, in the AFC together, I'm tickled to death to watch the Bills play in the AFC championship. I mean this this last week we for we kind of forgot to talk about it last week but mm. um you know we had uh the four quarterbacks left in the AFC were all under the age of 26. Yeah, Baker the being the oldest one yeah, left. Yeah, Baker being the oldest player left. <laughs> yeah, cuz he was a he actually did 4 years in college. Like a weirdo. Yeah. I think I think Josh went for a full 4. I don't think he came out his junior year. Mm. Yeah, Baker was also a transfer student, so he had to sit for a year. That yeah, that'd yeah. do it. Because he transferred um, to Oklahoma and then walked on, walk on season. <laughs> but I think uh, I think that's about all I've got. Still no, still nothing out of Kenny Stills. Um, still nothing out of Devontae Freeman, but he wouldn't have been able to play this week anyways. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see if those guys even see the field at this point. You know. Um, and hopefully, you know, Gabe Davis shows back up again because he had four targets and no receptions, which is not a, <laughs> not a great week. Yeah. You know, 
when you suddenly when you suddenly go from like a hundred yard game to a zero yard game and Dawson Knox is doing better than you, it's that's need a, a little, that's a problem. Yeah, I'm gonna need a little something out of you, bud, especially playing the Chiefs. But it's um, I mean, it's kind of crazy to look at the team right now and just be like, oh shit, we got weapons. Mm-hmm. Like like and a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the three, the four scariest teams are left. Yeah. As far as, like, pure offensive weapons and decent enough defenses to win a championship. That's, like I said at the top of the segment, the four teams, the four best teams are playing for championships right now. As far as, like, the four teams that are designed and ready to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I think if the Browns made it to the AFC Championship against the Bills, honestly, I think the stage would have been too big especially playing in Buffalo. Uh, the Rams basically were falling apart. Um, you know, Lamar, like, the Ravens' offense was very one-dimensional. I think I think these four teams are the four that are the most poised to make the push into the Super Bowl and actually be successful. Yeah. Um, but before we get to news, let's quickly talk about the two NFC games, which... I only vaguely remember watching because, well, actually, I slept through one of them because I had to actually be ready for my game, which, hey, thanks for calling me uh, and making sure I didn't miss my playoff game. You're welcome, friend. This <laughs> is literally like 15 minutes into the game, not game time, but like we started at 8.15 and it was 8.30 and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you're sitting in the Discord channel just just uh away you were idle and i was like that motherfucker fell asleep (laughs) yeah i sure did yep so let's do uh rams packers first hey that's the one i've got pulled up so hey cool uh hey uh the packers they're still really good uh still really good uh aaron jones basically did whatever he wanted uh aaron Rodgers. uh as much as you can say it was a down game it was a down game for him all things considered uh, yeah, some got... of my some of my down seasons are some career seasons for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still over sixty percent, two touchdowns, no picks, QBR ninety two, passer rating of one hundred eight. Uh, still not a bad game. Still um, not a bad game. He threw for two Cam Newtons. Yeah, he threw for two whole Cam Newtons. Uh, Jared Goff looked like Jared Goff who just got his thumb surgically repaired. Um, yeah. Accurate and efficient, but could not push the ball downfield. Obviously had no zip on the ball, had to rely very heavily on Cam Akers, and that is a recipe for destruction when you're playing a team like the Packers that can pull away so quickly. And that's exactly what they did. Because going into the second quarter, it was 3-3, and then Packers put up 16 on them, and they went into the half 29-10. Uh, to 10. Yeah. So, or 19-10. Uh, to 19-10. to 10. Yeah. 19-10. So got out to a two-score lead, and then all the Packers had to do was just keep chipping away, chipping away. And uh, when you're playing a team that can pretty much score at will, like the Packers can, uh, you got to be able to push the ball downfield, and old Jared Thumbs uh, just wasn't cutting it. I don't who's I mean, who is the Rams' third-string quarterback? Do they just not have... Uh, I don't think guy. they. I don't think they have one activated that they can get through COVID protocol. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so that's why they had to force Jared Goff back out. Oh yeah, they did. Did they? Oh, was it Blake Bortles? Could have gone to good old Blake Bortles, who looks like he's wearing a fucking seventy sixers jersey in the or not seventy sixers Golden State Warriors jersey in this fucking picture. 
Yeah, he's still wearing a Denver jersey in ESPN. That's funny. Yeah. Apparently, he's QB double zero. I didn't know they let you use that number. Hey, good for him. Double O Bortles. Yeah. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles has has won a playoff game before. Granted, double it was six to three. It was six to three against us. Double O trash. Yeah. Um, yeah, I God, think. How bad does Blake Bortles have to suck for you to go? No, we'll take the guy without a thumb first. Yeah. I think that has to be a comfort thing with Sean McVay and and Jared Goff. You know. I mean, probably. Yeah, because I I trust Sean McVay's judgment, but the man's lost a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, he lost probably one of the most boring Super Bowls I've ever watched. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there's I mean, not much to say. Uh, the Packers are still scary. Uh, they probably could have ran the score up on this one, and they didn't. Uh, Aaron Donald was on a, like, they claimed Aaron Donald wasn't going to be on a rotation or a snap count. He obviously was. Uh, the pass rush was just not getting to Aaron Rodgers. Everything that that defense is good at, they just weren't able to do. The only uh, thing Aaron Donald was on was the juice because clearly he was getting some roid rage and grabbed the shit out of that. What did you see that? He uh, just like snatched the shit out of one of the Green Bay linemen's helmets and was just like, oh, "Hey, yeah. motherfucker! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I got COVID, you do now too." <laughs> Social distancing. That's why they need to play in masks. Aaron Donald's ass ruining it yeah. for everybody. And then and then they threw a flag on him, and he was like, I do not give a fuck. I'm finishing telling this man what he needs to hear. Yeah. But total, the Rams, off def- or yeah, their defense got like four pressures and like one QB hit and no sacks all day. Aaron Rodgers is back there setting up a picnic, making tea, chucking it to his friends. They're playing catch, having a good old time. Hey, Rams, if you're not going to win, can you uh, give Robert Woods back to Buffalo, please? Yeah, that'd be cool. Just Buffalo should now just slowly reacquire all of the pieces that were good from. It's like, hey, Ronald Darby, come on back from wherever the fuck you are. I think he's in Washington <laughs> right now. It's like, hey, Robert Woods, come on back, buddy. We we could use a, a number two after John Brown gets out of here because I don't know if we extend John Brown at this point. Beasley maybe, but he's going to be old by the time his contract's up. Yeah. Because I think we've still got him for two years. I think we've got John Brown for one more year. Like, Stefan is, like, quietly one of our longest signed wide receivers. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Thanks to a very team-friendly deal. Yeah. Which we're paying him up front on. Yeah. All right. Buck Saints? Yeah, Buck Saints. The Battle of the Olds. Yeah. Hey, Drew Brees, uh, do me a solid. Retire. Yeah. Please. This game was hard to watch. I like Drew. I like Drew Brees. Um, hey Saints, why? Uh, who's your best quarterback, and why is it Jameis Winston? Hey Saints, uh, good job getting Jameis Winston to throw a touchdown pass to the Saints on purpose. Yep. Uh, hey Saints, <laughs> uh, good job getting uh, Jameis Winston a perfect passer rating. <laughs> oh yeah, one for one for fifty six and a touchdown. I guess. Yep. He has a hundred QBR and one fifty eight point three passer rating. Hey, yeah, he's, who's who's the best postseason quarterback? <laughs> that guy. So we're we're building our all star team. It's Jameis Winston and Cody Parkey, uh, <laughs> uh, Doink Master General, and Thirty for Thirty Special. Yeah, uh, yeah. This game uh, started out slow, and then Tampa Bay just kind of 
just uh, kept going. Yeah, they just kind of like walked away. They like limped away using a walker at geriatric speed and never looked back. Look, the game was you can't win football games when you turn over the ball four times. Yeah. Okay? And that was really the big thing. The Buccaneers didn't do anything special. Who's, who's, the, Sa- who's, the, the Saints just kept giving them short field. Who's the guy on the Bucks? What's his What's his name? Devin White. Oh my God, that guy's just like a refrigerator mm-hmm. with hands. Yeah. It's like these are my interceptions. Yeah. He large. Uh, oh, I but, guess he only got one of them, but yeah, I saw the one that he got, and I was like, "Who's gonna stop that guy?" And they're like, "The sideline," and I was like, "That's probably a good call." That's probably fair. Yeah. Just <laughs> don't even bother. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Devin White, Mike Edwards, and Sean Murphy Bunting. Whoever that guy is, shout out to that guy. Um, yeah, the, the Saints just kept giving the Buccaneers gifts at sh- in short field, and you can't do that against a Tom Brady offense. Uh, Tom Brady wasn't spectacular, but they obviously did enough. Uh, still got two touchdowns. Well, it's kind of uh, like the game you had a couple weeks ago where it's like, if you're just going to keep – or was it your game or the Miami game? I can't remember which. But it was just like, if you just keep giving a short field position, we don't have to put up big numbers to just keep scoring over and over again. Yep. Yeah, I mean, look at the five turnovers that Pittsburgh gifted us in the wild card game. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you're not. I don't care how good you are. It's hard to win a game when you turn the ball over four times, especially when your quarterback averages three point nine yards a pass. It's not good. Drew Brees, please retire. He did not throw for a Cam Newton. He did not throw for a Cam Newton. Got close. Almost there. Try harder, Drew Brees, or retire. So where's... Or both. <laughs> where's uh Taysom Hill in all this is he injured uh Taysom Hill uh is certainly a guy that is on that football team <laughs> they just didn't use him I don't have an answer for you I don't know why I don't know what he I don't know what's going on with him uh let's take a little quickie look it says he was active um or he's active now I don't know if he was active for that game officially out for Sunday Bucks game Gotcha. Okay, Him so he was Latavius Murray. He was injured. Bummer. I think they would have had a better shot with Taysom Hill. Yeah, probably. Poor guy. Certainly, certainly couldn't have had a worse shot considering how things turned out. No kidding. I mean, and that like Alvin Kamara is great. Yeah, but he ain't single-handedly bring the team back from a double-digit deficit. Great. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Well, when you give, when you give, you know, when you keep turning the ball over, uh, and a lot of them, they were just bad passes, man. There was no ass behind them whatsoever. Like one of a couple, of, there was a tip. Uh, one was just underthrown. Uh, there was a t- another tip drill, like because he was just putting the ba- putting the ball in bad spots. Um, I don't think Drew Brees ever came back from that injury 100. percent Don't blame him. He had a punctured lung and a million bro- broken ribs. Yeah. Um, but I think. As tragic as it is, Drew Brees not getting another Super Bowl, I think it's time to hang it up. Yeah. Um, It was nice to see these two guys butt heads one last time, but I think it really does just need to be that one last time. And and it kind of sucks for Drew because, I mean, the Saints beat the Bucks both times they met in the regular season, but Mm -hmm. just couldn't close it out at the end. Yep, got to protect the football. Number one rule. Throw it to the right jersey. Yep. All right, I'm ready for some news. Hit me with some news. News. 
Uh, Bill's Mafia uh, becoming charitable once again. Uh, shortly after the Bills-Ravens game, Bills Mafia collectively at this point have raised $360,000. That's the last report I saw, yeah. For blessings in a backpack, Louisville chapter. It is a, it is a charity that Lamar Jackson supported when he was in college and continues to support. And Bills Mafia, in true Bills Mafia fashion, just as they did for Andy Dalton, uh, decided, you know what, Lamar Jackson, we hate that you got a concussion. So uh, here's almost four hundred four hundred thousand dollars to charity. Yeah, you notice eight, we eight, didn't do shit for Philip Rivers. Eight eight dollars <laughs> at a time. Eight dollars at a time. Yeah. Which, uh, again, to go back to um, our our hopefully good friend Brandon Perna. Uh, hey, if you're a quarterback drafted, maybe pick nineteen so that when the Bills <laughs> donate to your charity, you maximize the value. Yeah. Right. No, uh, Baker's charity's fucked. He's number six. Yeah. Don't get a concussion against the Bills. Yep. Don't in, get a in an important game. Yep. Um, so that was, you know, part of it is certainly, like, part of it's kind of trolling, but a lot of that is sincere from the Bills. The Bills Mafia has done this before. I'll be honest, um, I don't think any part of it was trolling. No, there's definitely some people in that fan base that are just like, har har, this is funny. Um, <laughs> but the majority, overwhelming majority of that fan base obviously showing genuine support for the charity just as they did with Andy Dalton. Um, when Andy Dalton basically got the bills into the playoffs, uh, they donated a bajillion fucking dollars to Andy Dalton's charity. Yep. Um, uh, the charity is very thankful. Lamar Jackson has already responded saying he loves the bills mafia. He's very thankful. Just a really cool thing. Um, really cool thing to come out of, uh, come out of the, the Baltimore Ravens loss. And um, it's it. This is the kind of shit where it's like, yes, the Bills have the best fans. Fuck you. You're just yeah. if you say anything else, you're just wrong. Oh, I know 100%. every every team's gonna say that their fan base is the best fan base. Mm-hmm. You cannot touch us. Well, after Josh Allen's grandma passed away, they raised like a million dollars for the O'Shea yeah. Children's Hospital. They've raised you know? over a million dollars at this point and are building like an entire new wing for for the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, the Bills Mafia, great fans, total psychopaths, and I love <laughs> yes. them. Yes. You'll um, notice uh, we spend on um, healthcare and uh, supplies that, you know, we could potentially light on fire at some point. Um, hell yeah. You can light a backpack on fire or wear a uh-huh. backpack while going through a flaming table. Yes. You can light a children's hospital on fire. Yeah. Well, that was the healthcare part. Oh, uh, not the whole hospital? No, well, no. It's it's like that one. It's like the Batman scene where tries to tries to hit the button and it just and then it goes off. Uh, got okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, if the hospital explodes in if the O'Shea Children's Hospital explodes, we know who did it. It was uh, the Joker. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick it Mahomes. Was, it was Stevie Johnson. <laughs> Stevie Johnson. <laughs> uh, Why so serious? Yeah. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Patrick Mahomes still technically in concussion protocol. Yep. Uh, he took a couple of snaps. He's allowed to take snaps and run non-contact drills. Uh, Andy Reid told reporters that he looks good on a limited basis. Uh, right now, we still don't have a time frame. 
that he, they claim that he is symptom free and that he's going through the final tolerance tests and they're going to slowly increase his workload up until and he can be cleared on saturday to play sunday yeah concussion protocol's got uh five stages to it most estimates put him at stage three at this point mm-hmm. um so. Yeah, if he's if he's doing non-contact drills and football workouts, he's probably stage three, about to enter stage four if everything looks good. So, uh, good luck to uh, recovery for him. Uh, I like me some Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I would like the Bills to beat a Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs. So there's no asterisk when the Bills win the Super Bowl. Well, it'll also be the thing where like the ghost of trading the pick that became Patrick Mahomes will be banished if we beat him and go to the Super Bowl. Gotcha. It's like that that ever lingering specter because I think uh, Sean McDermott con- like I didn't watch the video I really should have, um, mm. but Sean McDermott apparently you know put some comments out about trading that pick away and the fact that it became Patrick Mahomes and you know what all that's led to. Gotcha. But I also yeah, still sincerely think Patrick Mahomes would not be Patrick Mahomes if he was in Buffalo and not Kansas City, mm. like and or at least a he he. Breed. And he, or at least he wouldn't be until this year because Josh Allen was not Josh Allen until this year. Granted, he fixed a lot of his yeah. mechanics, but they like we fully built a team around him now. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes had the advantage of a year behind Alex Smith, who is a good quarterback, and Andy Reid, who is one of the best offensive coaches the game has seen in recent history. And having Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to throw to. Yeah, already having that team around him, just walking into it, you know. Which is really going to, like, that's that's my big question um, on Kansas City's, uh, like, sustainability is mm-hmm. eventually they're going to have to start paying Patrick Mahomes. Like, even after this year, like, this is his fourth year. He's either got a huge fifth-year contract, like, or he goes straight into the 10-year extension, and I'm not sure which one it is. Um, but, you know, eventually they're going to start running out of room. Now, we're going to have the same problem with Josh in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Yeah. His uh, his ten year deal picks up next year. Yeah. So yeah, what's he making next year? Like forty four million or something? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Because so. he's he's signed to twenty thirty one. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> which is so ridiculous to think about in football. And so something around forty five a year. Yeah. With incentive. And a lot of that money is guaranteed, so. Yeah. Uh, something you already briefly touched on, uh, Mark Ingram was cut by the Ravens. Um, nothing but respect between Mark Ingram and the organization. It, it was a cap casualty slash production thing. Um, he wasn't very productive this year, and you got to... J.K. JK Dobbins JK, was. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins <laughs> turned out to be a really good... Hey, what do you know? Good value at running back in the draft without using a top five pick figure it out um uh, uh, michael thomas is likely to have to have multiple surgeries on his ankle so uh, he has a torn deltoid and other injured ligaments in his ankle basically the same injuries that's been fucking with him all season uh the high ankle injury the high ankle sprain basically evolved into something that he's gonna have to have surgery on so just wanted to briefly touch on that but then the big thing um, we talked about him earlier. Uh, motherfudgin Philip Rivers, Dag Nabin is Dag Gum retiring. Got yo, dang it. 
Josh Allen fucking retired your ass. Yeah, Josh Allen. Take that shit. <laughs> Philly Rivs, one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch play because he throws weird and talks shit. 17 years in the NFL, the majority. Uh, he talks crud. Yeah, he talks He talks trash. Uh, 16 of those years were with the Chargers, one with the Colts. Uh, plenty of playoff berths, good teams around him, could never get it done to the Super Bowl. Begs the question, where does he rank at, on the list of greatest quarterbacks of all time, despite not having Super Bowl rings? Oh, clearly he's worse than Carson Wentz, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> sure okay Uh, (laughs) who's who's got who's got a ring that's that's a take uh it's a a bad one it's one you shouldn't listen to yeah i I ain't gonna um but in all seriousness uh philip rivers there will never be a man like philip rivers in the nfl for years uh not necessarily because of his talent he was really good but just because of the line he rode when talking shit that dude like never use profanity, but that dude was a shit talker, and he is yeah. he was he was fun to watch football. He'd sling that motherfucker all over the place. Um, he was very much he was very much he very much of the Brett Favre era of just send it and see what happens. Yep, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, send so, it. So yep. So good luck to Philip Rivers in retirement. Um, I'll forever miss you on Gridiron Heights. Hopefully, <laughs> you, ho- hopefully you make uh, some cameos. Dag Dag Nabbit. I'm sure he'll be in at least one more episode because they'll need to do like a retirement episode for him. Mm-hmm. Just be like, let's daggum. Dagum. Frasm. Horse. He's like, he's like literally poopy. a lo- he's like literally a Looney Tunes character. Yes. Yes, he is. Also, Philip Rivers, stop having so many fucking kids. You're retired. <laughs> Relax. No, have more kids now. Okay. Yeah. Have more kids. <laughs> Uh, one yeah, he's last... got time. Yeah, he's got. He's only thirty nine. Huh. The boys are still swimming. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I'll ask him. No, I mean uh, like he's not as busy as he was. He's got time. Oh. Yeah, he start pumping them bitches out now. <laughs> one a year, baby. Please, uh, blue yeah. blue moon babies get two in the same year. I don't think that quite works. But if you have one <laughs> right at the beginning from the previous year, and then you is he Irish? I don't know. Well, we'll find out. I'll ask him. Me and Phil Rivers are tight. Where's Philip Rivers from? The fucking middle of nowhere, the way he talks. God. Of course you've got a kid named Gunner. Oh, yeah, bro. Decatur, Alabama. That'd do it. Makes sense. Not even, not even the first Decatur I think of. <laughs> Yep. Went to good old NC State. Probably the best quarterback to come out of NC State in the Super Bowl era. Not not Russell Wilson, who's won a Super Bowl? Nah, numbers-wise. There's also That's... the debate of, did Russell Wilson come out of NC State or not? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. One more, he... one more quick story for the road? Or... Yeah, no, go yeah. for it. You got a quick. You got an anecdote of Philip Rivers? No, I, I no. <laughs> All right, quick story. Uh, Shad Khan, owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, entices Urban Meyer out of retirement with a fuck ton of money uh, to come coach at the professional level. 
Uh, Urban Meyer, for people that don't know, is the, was the longtime head coach of Ohio State. Had like a million national championships with him. Um, Urban Meyer teams in Ohio State were notorious for being basically a pro football player factory uh, mm-hmm. in certain positions. Uh, as long as he has been a coach, he has never once coached at the professional level. Mm-hmm. And we don't normally don't see this kind of transition so late in someone's career for their first head coaching job. You know, you guys, you got guys like, you know, Sean McVay, Kevin Skafanski, stuff like that. Younger dudes come out of the college system, pick up a coordinator job for a little bit. Or you got like Cliff Kingsbury, who's young, and they just really wanted that concept for, you know, for a fucking, uh, for Kyler Murray. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Urban Meyer is more of a traditional coach's coach. Uh, he's kind of old school, but uh, he's made some good football teams in Ohio State. Uh, and at the end of the day, money talks. Yeah. I have no idea how successful he's going to be as a professional coach. But I like Ohio State. I like Urban Meyer. Um, so I hope he does well. And welcome back to coaching Urban Meyer. His, uh, he can no longer be Ohio's highest paid state employee. Is that Joey? Did Joey Bosa go to Ohio State? Joey Bosa went to Ohio State. Okay, so his his last uh, his Twitter profile is still winning the national championship with Joey Bosa and Zeke. It looks like in the picture. Gotcha. So he needs to update that shit. Yeah, a little bit. You gotta put some. You gotta put some. Uh, whoever the fucking who who plays quarterback there now? I don't know. Somebody. <laughs> uh, Ohio State or Jacksonville? <laughs> yes. Because Jacksonville, for all we know, it might be Deshaun Watson. Could be. That's kind of a big topic. Uh, did we talk about? Desha- did we talk about Deshaun Watson at all? We, we haven't the talked last about couple it of weeks. Uh, right now, it's a bunch of rumors, but Deshaun Watson wants out. Yeah. And question I didn't is, even have to start a GoFundMe. Question is to where? Patriots. Um, we could we could talk a couple more coaching things. Robert Sala's got the Jets job now. Yes. Um, somebody got named to the Chargers job. I don't know who. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only I guess the only real reason I want to talk about it is um, somehow Eric Bieniemy continues to not get a coaching job. Um, but also, it's seeming like, at the very least, Brian Dayball and ho- hopefully also Leslie Frazier are sticking around in Buffalo to 2021. Hey! So, keep, the, keep the gang together. Um, I, think if we, I think if we lose Leslie Frazier, that would be less of a hit. Which is weird, because mm-hmm. Leslie Frazier is like also co-head coach. Or like assistant head coach, yeah. uh, while also being our defensive coordinator. Um, right. But Sean McDermott a, is a defensively minded and has been a DC for years and years. So if we lose Frazier, we've still got like all the concepts and everything. Whereas um, if we lose Dable, who knows what the fuck happens to our offense that is just now really coming together. It's definitely and, something to be concerned about. Um, know, but apparently he's sticking around for at least one more year. So I ain't, I ain't got to worry about that for a bit. There you go. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, the enemy will get his chance at some point. Um, 
I'm curious whether or not they're looking at it from the perspective of how much of the Kansas City's success on offense actually has to do with him and how mm-hmm. much it has to do with Andy Reid. Because Andy Reid is a play-calling head coach. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I've heard it reported that the enemy is handling most of the play-calling. So, I mean, I don't... Yeah. As, as good as the Chiefs are, I don't pay that close of attention to them. Um, hey, somebody hire Alex Van Pelt. Evidently, he's really good at calling offensive plays. Apparently, yeah. Don't do that. that. I like him. That or that or they wired him up like he was a Houston Astros player and was just like, all right, if you hear three, if you feel three buzzes, <laughs> if you if you got three pulses, you're gonna yeah. yeah. It's just it's just uh, Stefanski sitting in the basement with a buzzer the whole time. <laughs> yeah. All right, have we got anything else? I am out of shit to talk about all right so am i i don't really this have... is gonna be a short episode i don't know how long it's been how long has it Hun- been an hour 42 minutes holy shit so this will be an hour and a half yeah i guess i was wrong it's happened before it'll happen again too except for the bills going all the way this time yeah you keep uh you keep putting that energy out there oh yeah yeah, yeah you gotta put it out there you gotta make yeah, the universe know yeah. That the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. It's Bro, secret. When's the Super Bowl this year? Like, I, like I want to say like date? February 6th or something. I think I took the weekend off. I can't be sure. Oh, no, that's a Saturday. So it'd be the 7th. Uh... Right? Because if we're playing this weekend and then there's a week off for the quote unquote Pro Bowl, which doesn't exist. Then, yeah, it'd be the 7th. Yeah. Okay. So I am off that weekend, but I work that Monday. <laughs> but if the Bills make it the Super Bowl, like, we're, we're watching that game. Uh, yeah. In person. Oh, okay. You're going gonna, you're gonna to make me drive two hours again and then... And then almost get COVID and tell you to fuck off? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Unless I'm up in Baltimore by that point, and then that's... Gonna complicate and we'll, things. And we'll just do this. Yeah. This works. Worst case scenario. Yeah, worst case scenario. Wrap it up. All right. Uh this has been the Fourth Aurora Podcast for January the twentieth, twenty twenty one. Uh thanks for watching and listening. Uh and say goodbye, Keith. Bye, Keith. Hearts. Look at that you make me do this again. Look, look at that trap. Look at that. That's an angry ass trap. I got traps. This like man. Swole. Ow. That hurt right. my arm.
See, normally I walk around and I feel like my, my beard looks fine, and then I get into recording and I'm like, this shit looks ratchet as fuck. Yeah, it looks shaggy as shit. I mean, it is. Bah. Bah. I can put my beard in my mouth. I can't quite do that. I can do this. This is a great, this is a good look. I think I'm I think I'm almost to mustache mustache twist. Twist that, everything. That's when Keith started mm. playing in anthrax. Mm. Mm. Nah, I got too much hair for that. I don't know how that's gonna look at the end. <laughs> 